Act the Rat, coming to you from Seattle, Washington, home of the Supersonics fan base. I'm Josh. That's Trevor. Here we go. The backboard's not live. Got to piece that in. Sorry, I don't have a bunch of extra backboards <laughs> laying around that I can break every time. <laughs> we'll get uh, there, maybe. But uh, I should have open. So today at the store, speaking of you, that beer, um, my wife found a Miller Lite in a champagne bottle. You know, because they call themselves Ooh. the champagne beers. Yeah, It'd be a kind of a classy way to intro. For sure, classy, uh, trashy. So no, the today today was a whole lot of fun. I'm moving our offices, so I'm moving from like four separate offices into just uh-huh. one big office. Okay. So I'm like supposed to move everybody like tomorrow morning. So we're like I'm having people tear down the cubicles that people tomorrow morning are coming in at like eight a.m. to work, and their cubicles not going to be there because I'm moving it to the other office and setting it all up. And then this afternoon around three something, IT freaks out on me. It's like, no, we're not ready. We can't set up their profiles. And meanwhile, I got like the offices are all ripped apart and everything. So I was like driving a U-Haul around all day today trying to figure all this out. So, Is this, so are you switching like locations or just like a different place in the same building or what? So I'm um, staying in one of the buildings I'm already in. I have two separate suites in that building. And I'm combining those. And then I have another building we're in that we have two suites in. And so I'm combining like all four locations into one big location. Oh, and nice. So, yeah, so I'm really excited. It's going to make things a whole lot better. But holy cow, it was a, it's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy little bit. Amy had strep throat all weekend uh, oh. last week. Yeah, so it's like, I got like, Six kids running around. <laughs> yeah, we went out of commission. Last week we went through where everybody got got. There's like the uh, flu going around out here, yeah. and the whole and that was just miserable. I didn't get it. Knock on wood yet. Yeah, but, it, my my three year old uh, James. He he was pretty funny because he didn't get sick at all. So he's just running around like full speed, like everything's great. <laughs> And then whenever he felt like it, if somebody like breathed on him or grabbed him well, after he like just jumped and drove his knees into your rib cage, he'd yeah. like, get away, you're going to get me sick. I'm like, oh, really? Like, you just like knee bomb me. bomb into me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll get going here. So we got, we got uh, my teams we get to go through today. Got the Houston yes, Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, Miami Heat, Phoenix Suns, and the Chicago Bulls. I don't know who would draft the Oklahoma City Thunder in the second round, but that happened. So yeah, that was yeah. Um, especially since nobody else wanted to pick them. Nobody else would. They probably would have been the last team drafted if I didn't take them. But yeah, <laughs> at least you don't didn't get stuck with the Warriors like me. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit that's a little bit painful. The Golden State Warriors not so doing so well. <laughs> but, that is a negative thing. They just well, got – when you're getting blown out by the Sacramento Kings, that's when you know it's bad. Oh, so I was watching that game, and I thought Steve Kerr was going to strangle Draymond Green. Draymond Green has, like, a lay-in, and he's going in for it. And then he – there's two defenders and two guys on his team, like, kind of in the paint or coming up on the paint, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he throws a lob off the backboard – 
in theory to one of his teammates. I don't know which teammate he thought was open. So instead of actually shooting the ball and making the lay-in, he just throws this lob up off the backboard for one of his guys. And Steve Kerr like calls a timeout, and he's just like, you look at it in his eyes. He's like, he's trying to stay calm, but he just wants to cuss Draymond Green out so bad right oh. now. Yeah, but he knows I if mean, he does, Draymond's going to come right back at him and start <laughs> cussing him out in the middle of the <laughs> just dysfunction. Dysfunction right now with the Warriors. Yeah. All right. So we got we got the Houston Rockets are up first. Uh, I sent you a little sheet. I don't know if you. Yeah, got I got. It I got. It so right now they are seventeen and nine. So not not doing too bad. Scoring 120 points a game. You're going to love it when they're scoring over 120 points a game, 120.1 to be exact, and they're not even first in the league in scoring. <laughs> welcome, second, to, but. welcome to the new age NBA. Oh, man. And they're giving up uh, 114.5 points a game. So that's definitely towards the bottom of the league. Yeah. So they have like a five and a half point differential, seventh in the league. One one thing that's been a huge difference for them is they're like sixth in the league in fast break points this year, which last year they they're terrible. They're at the very very towards the bottom of the league. Well, I think I mean, and watching them play, I think the addition of Russell Westbrook has has been huge for that number, just getting them out on the break a lot more. Um, you know, James Harden's always going to be kind of a guy that walks the ball off the floor. That just kind of his game. He's not like a big transition guy, but I think, you know, add another ball handle like, like Westbrook and that's just kind of his style. I think that's been huge for them to get out on the break. I I agree. It's been a, those are the two things coming into the year. I was like, if nothing else, Westbrook's going to help him be a better rebounding team and get him into the fast break more. Yeah. That's a that's a big deal. You can go pretty small. If you have Capella and uh, Westbrook on the floor, you're going to rebound at a pretty high level. There's a lot of trash being talked over these last couple of years about his rebounding numbers in OKC yeah. with people saying all this stuff. But if you look at OKC, last year they got like seven more shots than their opponents. This year their opponents are getting like two, three shots more than they are. And really, they didn't. that wasn't Paul George doing that. I mean, everybody else is pretty much there. That's all Westbrook, and he's having right. that same effect. Really, sh- outside of shooting, if you took shooting out as like a, a skill, <laughs> which is a big skill to take out, but but if you just remove shooting, Westbrook's got to be like the, one of the top two or three players in the league. If he just can't shoot to save his freaking life. Every other thing, he's yeah, – I actually see him play defense. Yeah, that's a, that's a new thing. That's a new thing for sure. James Harden still doesn't, but – no, score, he, he gets some 50. strips. He gets some strips, and he'll yeah. play defense post defense. But if you're asking him to do anything else on defense, uh, yeah, good luck. good luck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, what is he averaging? Thirty nine point. Some so, ridiculous. Westbrook's at twenty two and a half a game. Just think about this for a second with me. He's scoring 22 and a half points a game, which on a lot of teams, not I mean, there's a lot of high scorers right now in the league. But on a lot of teams, that's not unreasonable for that to be your league score. No. But 
I don't he has know. somebody scoring 17 points a game more than him on his that, own team. What did did, did he have? He, would he have like three 50 point games? He, he's had a bunch of them. Like, yeah. you know, didn't he have like three of them in a row or a couple of them in a row? I should pull up, yeah. I'm going to pull this stuff up right now because he, uh, I'm going to get his game logs here because he's had some crazy numbers that he's put up. Yeah. So he went 55 and 54 back to back. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Then he fell off and only scored 39 the next game. Slacking. Yeah, I know, right? 10 days before that 50 point game, he scored 50 against the Spurs. In, and it should have been 52 if they would have counted the dunk. They also would have won it. But <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry that he twice this year had scored over 50 in back-to-back games. Because on November 30th against the uh, Hawks, he scored 60. Um, and then he, he's been slacking before that. I mean, I guess if you count 49-point games is good. Uh, he did that. With a 44 point in front of that, 47 the game before that, 39 the game before that, 42 the game before that, 36, 44. <laughs> There's a lot of good scorers that don't have this many high, that barely have this many high scoring games of their career. No, yeah, exactly. You know, how many guys have multiple 50 point games in a season, let alone like back to back and doing that twice? Yeah, I saw something the other day they were talking about he has more 50-plus point games this year than Jerry West had in his career. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. That is absolutely nuts. All right. And then uh, here's the cool part, though, that I'm excited about with the, the Rockets is Eric Gordon's played like trash and barely played at all. And he's their third best player. I really like Eric, Eric Gordon. I'm a huge fan of his. He's really strong. He's not that tall, but he has the lower center of gravity and long arms, which I think is very um, helpful. That's tend to be something that the Rockets target is more so than the overall height is what, what's their wingspan. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he shoot a pretty high percentage last year from three? Yeah, he's been a great three-point shooter. Like him, when they picked up him and Anderson, they started launching these deep bombs, and uh, really that opened up their offense. Like it had it been before, he takes a lot of tough shots, and he's a career thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, no, I completely agree with that. It's that's wild that they that he has been as bad as he's been, and they are still. You know they're still right there in it. You know it's early still, but I mean they're right in. They're they're going to be a contender till the end of the season in the West. You know the Lakers and Clippers are probably going to be the one and two, but you know, the Rockets will be right up there. That's for sure. Yeah, they essentially have like middle of the road offense or defense. They give up like fifty three percent like effective field goal percentage, which is like seventeenth in the league. They're towards the top at seventh. Uh, they're opponents uh, are middle of the pack with 17 points from free throws every game. But they do a good job of getting, stopping the opponents from getting out to fast break. They're last in the league. They only give up 
well, I'm sorry. They do terrible. <laughs> they do terrible stopping a bonus fast break. I was like, something's not adding up here. They're 30th in the league. They give yeah. up 16 points a game. I was like, whoa, wait. Yeah, so that's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> but really, that's probably the biggest thing. If they could sure up their uh, fast break defense at 17th in the league, suddenly can look a whole I lot. just feel like that's going to be something they always struggle with when they have James Harden on the floor. Because like you said, that's kind of his game. He's going to gamble and try to get steals. You know, and that kind of leads to the other team with numbers. I agree. And it also, they shoot so many threes. Uh, they're Tons less of long. Pre- exactly. Less predictable. So it bounces long to somebody on the uh, perimeter. That's something that I think people were really missing is the value of Westbrook grabbing all the rebounds he's grabbed over the last number of years. Is it allows him to instantly get into the fast break. Yeah. There's no outlet. Yeah. There's, there's no, no turning pass. and looking. Yeah, exactly. It's just he's already like crossing half court by the time a big man might have started out letting the ball. Yeah, absolutely. But anything else on the Rockets you got? Other than Ben McLemore. Yeah, he's He's been a guy. Yeah, he's been a guy. I mean, you could always see the talent, but I just feel like he was kind of buried in Sacramento. Yeah. Now he's kind of getting a shot. I mean, it, when you when you have guys on your team too, I mean, I feel like we're kind of seeing it with Draymond Green. You know, better players make players better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain guys that need that need. You know, I don't want to say alphas. That's that might be the wrong word, but they need guys that that are looking for their own shot and gets the defense moving around. You know, not everybody could be like James Harden, just break a guy down one-on-one, you know. And I feel like we're kind of seeing that with – that's a huge reason why Draymond struggles, you know, on my side of it. You know, his struggles have been all year. There's no Steph, there's no Clay, there's no KD, you know, and he's kind of forced to be the guy, and that's not his game. But, no, I think this this situation has really helped him out a lot as far as Ben McElmore. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I, the way I look at it is really – how do I say this? One thing that it makes me – I think people miss a little bit is when they just look at the numbers and they're like, okay, what's what's their effective field goal percentage? And what's their true shooting and all this type of stuff? is like, mm-hmm. okay, great. But is this guy creating shots for others and taking tough shots so that he can do that? Or is right. this person sitting there waiting for wide open catch and shoots to be able to put the ball in the hoop? And I think that's a like a huge difference. And that's going to be interesting from a team building and a coaching strategic standpoint moving forward is there's a lot of value in the guy that can work that mid-range game, pull the help defense far enough out. Oh, you're not going to come all the way out. Okay, now I'm going to shoot this little bank shot right over you. you right. Know, almost like playing between the cornerback and the I, – I, I was watching a game the other day and I kept thinking that. Like, you know how you try and get that ball in between the cornerback and like the free safety? Like yeah. For a, yeah, like, I think Aaron Rodgers, maybe, or Brett Favre, one of those guys was, like, the first one who really started throwing that ball a lot because yeah. he had the arm to do it. I kind of feel like yeah. the same way is, like, playing that space where can you pull that guy out from the rim? Well, if you're not going to come out, I'm going to hit this. And now you have to come out. And once you start coming out, now you leave the, the hoop unprotected. Now that guy's coming yeah. all the way to the basket and I'm able to hit him with a nice little pocket pass for a lay-in. But if I don't shoot that mid-ranger, even if it's not statistically the greatest shot in the world, if I don't have 
one or two guys on my team that can shoot that at a pretty high clip. How do I break down the defense? And, and that's the thing is like, you know, not like you said, you know, statistically everyone is, everyone hates the mid-range shot. I mean, it's probably the least defended shot as well. Correct. You know, as far as, you know, what, what, what do teams want to do on defense? They want to protect the rim and protect the three-point line. You know, they're thinking if you get a, if you get a free throw line, you know, that elbow jumper, we'll let you have that all day. Just because, this, you know, and that's the thing is I think analytics are a good thing, but I think some people, sometimes you can go crazy with it. You know, if you're wide open, that's a good, to me, that's a good shot. If you're in rhythm and you're open, that's a good shot. You know, I get, you don't, you, you know, you don't necessarily have Kobe on your team. And that's like, you know, you don't want a, a people shooting that contested, you know, 18 footer all the time. But, but if you're open, you got to, like you said, you got to take that shot. It, it not, it not just for, not just for the two points, but for what you're going to do in the long run, you're going to free up three point line. You're going to free up the rim a little bit when you, when you start to hit that shot consistently. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want everybody on my team taking it. Like that's, no, that's one of my biggest concerns. Like with the Lakers, I'm like, as long as Avery Bradley uh, doesn't try and be like, <laughs> playmaker big shot hitter we're okay because he kind of has the game to do it but he's just not quite good enough but if yeah, you're a top one two three guys man they got to be able to they got to be able to do something to loosen them up so if they can't hit these step back threes like james harden hits that pulled the defense way out well what do they have do they have right. a mid-ranger or they get to the hoop and do they have a post-up game it's amazing. There's some guys who could actually still score efficiently out of the post, especially <laughs> if you calculate in their passing, right. like the, the shots that are generated. That's something like – I mean, that's something from high school that I always knew. It's like, man, if I get going at all in the post, weak side diagonal, I got a wide-open shooter every yep. single time because after I hit a couple shots, that guy sags in, he stops looking, and he got wide-open threes. Well, kind of like I watch a lot of college hoops too, so – you know me, I watch a lot of uh, UW basketball, and I've watched teams just absolutely lose their minds because UW, there's certain guys that they just, like, from 12 feet, they won't even guard them. And it's just yeah. like, it looks like they've never shot that shot before in their life. It's just, if you can, if you can force the wrong guy, it, but it kind of goes to what you're saying. you got to make sure the right guy's shooting that shot because if it's not, it's what it, you're kind of playing into the defense's hands. All right, then we have your Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Your favorite team, Trev. The OKC Thunder, the Seattle Superstars. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. No, they're, they're, they're starting to do a little bit better. They're like 6-4 and four over their last 10. Uh, we're recording on December 16th, so all these stats were just pulled right around the 7.30 at night. Uh, <laughs> Because, yeah, no, 728, if we want to be <laughs> accurate. There you but, go. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, they're starting to come on a little bit. I was actually really high on OKC coming in. Uh, I took them second, not really because I thought they were that good, just because I love them and I wanted to have them, uh, frankly. Yeah. But I, I'm not – I kind of expected them to be a 500 team coming into it. I just looked up and down the roster. You got Chris Paul. You got Gallinari. You got Shane Gilgis Alexander. You got – uh, Steven Adams, that's just a lot of capable NBA players um, up up and down. Yeah, no, 
I mean, I'd agree. I, I'm a huge fan of Danilo Gallinari. I love his game. Um, he's probably one of my favorite big men to watch, actually. I mean, I guess big man is relative in the NBA yeah. now, nowadays. He's seven feet tall, but he's not a big – he's a small forward. I guess he's listed as a power forward, but he plays yeah. outside. Yeah. He, I, I, he's he's got to be what like six six ten or something like this. Six ten, yeah. Closer. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's definitely not a small person. I, the league going small has been great for him, I think. Yeah, because now yeah. he pretty much has a size advantage. Not every night, but most nights. And if you're a shooter with a size advantage, again, like that's just a positive thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially absolutely. with his herky jerky game. I love his herky jerky game. I know. It's 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 weird and it's unique. And he can kind of score from everywhere on the court, you know. And I don't know, not a lot, not a lot of guys look like him out there. Well, he not gets him to the foul line a lot. Gets the foul line a ton, you know. But personally, I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul. That's why I wasn't as high in the Thunder as maybe you were. I just, I don't know. I, I think he's a good point guard. I think he is what he is. I'm just not a huge fan of his game. Um. But yeah, I mean the Thunder have been they've been they've done a lot better than I thought. That's for sure. So a lot of it's been defensively obviously. They're giving up 107. So they're pretty much even. They're give they're scoring 107 a game, they're giving up 107 a game. They're scoring slightly more, like 0.2 points a game more. So that puts them like 21st in points that they're scoring and 11th in the points they're giving up. Um, yeah. Their effective field goal percentage they're 14th in offense and defense so kind of that middle right middle of the pack um they're not getting into fast break and they're not getting second chance points so those went from like a huge asset last year with westbrook to now they're 30th in the league in both that's crazy they went from getting value what'd you say i said that kind of shows you his value yeah like as far as what I was going to say as far as like what it's done to Oklahoma City and how how much it's helped Houston in those categories. Well, yeah, that's that's the big one is really when you start breaking it down and looking at how did it affect the team as a whole, not just what are his stats, right? Like right. How, how does it affect the team as a whole and what did it do to their bottom line? I was going to oh, see if I can pull it up here real quick. I think I got it. Uh, I was going to. Last year, the Thunder averaged getting six more shots per game than their opponent, 5.8. This year, they're getting 3.2 less. So that's that's nine shots a game difference. That's a huge jump. (laughs) Yeah. like, But that's the whole thing. That's the only difference really between this year and last year with their team. Um, They were similar. That's 27 potential points. (laughs) Yeah, if you hit all threes, right? Like. I mean, and even if you go, okay, well, what if you just got at a normal, a normal rate? Well, it's like, okay, people get, uh, what, like 1.1 points per shot is about what the league average is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like 10 points a game. I was going to say, yeah, like say it was all twos and you shot 50%. You're looking at nine points a game. So like nine, 10 points a game. I mean, that's, that's a huge difference. Uh, you know, along a season. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's overlooked. And the, the 
I'm working on this a little bit. I've been trying to go from, I've always kind of looked at this stuff the same, but I'm like, the way I look at it, it's really hard to explain and talk through because I've just always looked at it in my head like that, where I'm just like, oh, who got more shots? Who's getting to within five feet of the hoop more? And who got to the foul line? Like, those are like yeah. the same things I look at, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm work, working through that. I'm, I'm working on my database. So hopefully the next time we do a call, we'll have it all set up. So we'll have home and away splits and last 10 and season to date, as well as uh, essentially how many points each team has given up and getting within five feet of the hoop, as well as at the foul line. And then all this other stuff we've been talking about. So uh, because that's, that's really where, where you win and lose basketball games. I think there's as much value in the three getting people to come guard you out there as there is actually for making the shots. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you think the Thunder are going to blow their whole deal up or you, you think they're going to kind of hold on to a lot of it? I don't know. That's a good question. I Because I, I think they got a good nucleus. The only kind of outlier on their team is Chris Paul. You know, he kind of doesn't seem to fit a whole lot of what, they're, what they want to do. So it'll be, you know, I think technically they're still – what are they right now in the standings? Like ninth, eighth? So they're still a playoff team. Yeah, they are as in the mix. right now. You know, and and uh, my problem with Chris Paul though is like, as far as trading him, who who's going to trade for him? He's got so would, much money left. It would need to be a, a team that's a contender that like loses their point guard or, you know, something like that or thinks they're just missing one piece. But I think it would have to be kind of one of your top four teams in either conference. You know, I'm trying to think what would be a good fit for them. So I'm going to pull it up right now. But the problem is, okay, even if that happens and you find a good fit for him, I think there's a lot of good basketball fits for him that he can make a lot of teams a lot better. How, who has enough salary to send uh, back that isn't going to lose more from their rotation than what Chris Paul is going to add? So, I mean, we're talking in order to – get to his number like Miami for example is one that's been floated out there a bunch that was that's kind of the one that kind of jumped out at me so 38 and a half million is what Chris Paul's salary is this year so ever take a stop a second to stop and stop feeling bad for uh Chris Paul uh (laughs) regardless of where he plays or what happens exactly but okay so in order to get there you pretty much have to put Drogic in it well now you're losing a point guard so now you're just getting the difference between Chris Paul and you mean Drajic, which okay, but then you're also going to have the salary on the books for the next couple of years, and is all that worth it? But that's not enough. Now I got to throw in Dion Waiters, which I'm pretty sure he got suspended for insubordination, <laughs> which Dude, I don't got- remember seeing that before. <laughs> so that's okay. pretty funny. For some reason, I think okay. Here's what I think the deal was: is it? I saw this on. Somebody posted on Twitter. I think he got – he took an edible on a team plane. He did, yeah. And got way too high and, like, like couldn't play the next day. 
how many edibles did he take? <laughs> oh like, I mean, that was that was either a homemade edible that somebody made, or he took way too many. Because I don't think yeah. any store bought edibles are derailing you for twenty four hours. Yeah, that was gonna. Say, I was gonna say my guess is it was probably a homemader that somebody made way too strong. So if you if you put waiters and drogic in it, you still need another five million in order to get the trade to work. Well. Hero doesn't make that. Bam Autobio doesn't make that. And they wouldn't trade either one of those guys. Now, after no. that, you got Myers Leonard. You got Olenek, Winslow, and James Johnson. So you have to trade three of Drogic, Waiters, Olenek, Winslow, James Johnson, and Leonard just to make the money work. To get Are they the maxed out? out? Are they maxed out, the Heat? Like as far as their salary? They well, they are so they can't take uh, they're in fact they're hard capped so they can't, oh, they, okay, yeah, they, they can't even take, take back more. like the very, very minimum. They need to that whole deal. Um, so I, I think the five million is actually slightly low. So if you threw Myers Leonard, it works, but now you give up Drogic, Waiters, and Leonard, and OKC is not exactly sitting here going, Oh man, look at this haul. Well, yeah, so you're, you're giving up three guys, and you're giving up three guys that contribute too. Eh, two and waiters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, the insubordination thing was on top of the plane incident. They only suspended him like one game for the plane deal. And then he got like six game suspension for insubordination. So. <laughs> sounds like a mess. Well, it sounds like they told him to give uh, them all his edibles and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you the edibles and he wouldn't tell them. <laughs> that's what my guess is uh, I, i'm not reporting that as factual trevor but it might be. <laughs> yeah just a weird situation <laughs> before they were playing well i thought the timberwolves swapping out for wiggins might be an option but wiggins is like good yeah he's kind of been a dude this year dude yeah he's pretty much running the point for him right which he's is crazy all up and like I just I didn't the first I mean his first couple of years in the league I just didn't see it, you know. But some some guys that take it, he, you know, it takes a couple of years for everything to click. I mean, he was a young guy coming out of college, anyways. You know, but. very very much so. I mean, even now he's been around. It seems like forever, but he's twenty four. Right. He's twenty four. Right. This That's I. What, I I can't believe I let everybody talk me into this. Like, I was always a big Wiggins fan, just looking at his tools, which everybody can see, his talent and whatever. But he just disappears, and he doesn't. he's not consistent, and he doesn't punish people with his athleticism, yeah, 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 all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the guy's still 24 years old with all this talent and ability uh, and had seasons where he scored, like, 20-something a game. Right. Scored 24 a game. His low season is 17. And everybody's like, oh, he sucks. He's done. I'm like, we're talking about the 24-year-old. That Right. It's a vic- victim of expectations, you know, when you're the – oh, was he, was he the number one or number two pick? Yeah, number one pick. Got traded for Kevin Love. Yep. You know, that's that's kind of what comes with it, when in reality he's actually been a contributor for a couple of years, and now he's kind of coming into his own. Yep. And speaking speaking of the Heat, I got I also got the Heat. They're my number three third round pick. They're a strong contender for my keeper, Trev. I'm looking at this going, would I rather a third round pick or would I rather the Heat? 
Right. Oh, that'd be a that'd be a great keeper. Because then you still get a first rounder. I get it. my first and my second. I don't think I'm gonna keep OKC at my second round pick. There's a <laughs> there's a high it's likelihood. Like, I'm probably not gonna keep Golden State either, Josh. So. Oh no. <laughs> I think they were my second round pick. Hey, they might be. They they actually might be a good value pick in the second half because uh, we'll see what happens with their team and who comes back. But they're playing a lot of. I actually really think this year it, they're terrible. But this year is going to be so good for their franchise. They're going to get like a high draft pick. They right. brought in all these guys like Pascal would never gotten this time if. No, and he's was... he's he's turned into a guy like a a real like a legitimate NBA like dude, you know. And then get you get Curry healthy, get Clay Thompson healthy next year. Like you said, you have a high pick. You got Draymond Green. You got D'Angelo Russell still. Uh, Glenn Robinson is floating around there. We'll see if he can put yeah. it all together. Marquise Chris is looking way better than he was at, at the beginning of the year. He yeah. still makes some boneheaded plays, but he he's got a lot of ability. And so, but you're starting to count up these guys, and then you got Looney, and we'll see if Willie Kelly Stein, whatever. But man, you you only need like what two, three all-stars and nine competent yep. players and you're going to be a contender. So, I mean, if they could get a, if they could get a legit big man, I think that would be, that would be kind of a piece they need. I mean, obviously they can't have a guy that's just a, just their style of play. They need a guy who's going to keep up and, and, but that's kind of what all the big men are these days. But if they can get it, if they can get a guy that can, you know, a big man that can rebound a little bit and run the floor a little bit, I think that's kind of what they're missing. You know, they're missing a lot right now, obviously, but in the long run, that's kind of what, what they'll be missing. I was listening – I was watching one of their games with their local announcers uh, the other night, and it was funny because they're like, yeah, all this beautiful basketball. And when they run like these – like really uh, these niche screen plays that just get you like the exact look you want, we're just used to getting these converted at a much higher rate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, that's yeah, no problem. kidding. If you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson taking all the shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your third scoring option is Kevin Durant. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, just crazy. But all right. So we got the Miami Heat. They're currently 19 and 7. Uh, they're right at 10th in the league in points, 112 game. And they're giving up 107 which uh, is ninth in the league. So they're top 10 in uh, points scored and points given up, which gives them the eighth best differential at five and a half points a game. Uh, they're turning the ball over a lot. They're 29th yeah. in the league with 17 a game. But they're they're forcing a lot of turnovers too, just not as many as they are turning over. And they're so not Josh, getting – what's that? I was gonna say I got a question for you. Kind of, I was like looking at their stats and everything. Who who's their starting point guard? Like, I know they got Dragic, but it looks like he doesn't start. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Um, well, de facto, uh, Nunn and Butler is it? Ha- yeah, handle the handle the ball the most. I mean, Butler's at like seven assists a game, uh, but they run their offense. Winslow kind of takes care of some of the point guard duties as well. They've Last year, I think they did it more. Um, Winslow and Richardson last year, where they both initiated the offense quite a bit. Um, and then Bam Autobio, they run a lot of offense through him. 
Um, so he's Bam's averaging 15.2 points, 10.6 rebounds, and 4.6 assists a game. That's crazy. So it's really kind of a, a little bit more of a point guard uh, by committee, but, <laughs> so to yeah. speak. Which possibly could be the reason for some of the turnovers. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> but well, who, who's turning the ball over for him? You got Bam at three a game. Then you have Drogic, Butler, and Winslow all at like two and a half. And then you got Nunn and Hero at two a game. I mean, that's just – that's a lot of uh, non-point guards and rookies yeah. handling yeah. the ball a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm looking at just at their roster. I mean, technically, Dragic is like the only true point guard they even have on their roster, which is crazy. Well, that's why there's been so much talk about Chris Paul with him. Yeah. Because if you slide yeah. Chris Paul in just to handle the ball and just to facilitate and make sure the right things are happening, making sure everybody's shirts are tucked in, uh, all these yeah. things, uh, <laughs> he can help get you some more wins along the way. But it's just I, – I think it, Chris Paul doesn't get moved for another year or two. And they'll hold tight and they'll end up being able to flip him and then it's just a year or two left on their deal and somebody's willing to bite the bullet and, right. and do it. Duncan Robinson. Uh, Robinson, though, looking real nice, look, can shoot. They just got a yeah. lot of these guys that I feel like came out of nowhere this year, like Hero and Nan, Robinson. And I know yeah. Bam's been around, but not like He's this. been okay. Yeah, he's been okay, but he hasn't been putting up these kind of numbers, that's for sure. Yeah, is he going to make the All-Star team? He might. I mean, that's probably one of the more complete stat lines from the center that you'll see. And his team's winning. Yeah. Well, and that's the biggest thing. You know, if you if your team is you – know, Jesus, they, they're tied with the Rockets as far as their record goes. You know? Yeah, which is real nice. Real nice. Very happy with that pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, their, their starting lineup with the Heat tonight – they had Nunn, Butler, Robinson, Leonard, and Bam. So I guess you would say Butler or Nunn is the starting point. Right. Kind of probably, probably Jimmy Butler would be my guess. Who's yeah. going to you know, get the majority of the time with the ball in his hand. Yeah, that's for sure what's happening. Um, well, tonight, none was negative 21 against the Grizzlies, so. Uh, that's not good. No, not at all. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, that's not good. Well, that's, that's the hard part with basketball, looking at some of the numbers. It's like, yeah, he scored 18 points a game on 50% from the field, two for four from downtown, like three assists, two rebounds. It's like, oh, he had a pretty good game. But his team got outscored by 21 points while he was on the floor. So, and considering right. <laughs> this is what I love, it's when you look at some of these differences. But if you look at Leonard, Butler, and Robinson, they're all plus seven or eight. They're the same starting lineup. How many minutes a game did they play separately? So, that difference of 27, 28 points, 29 points, like how many minutes did that happen? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, it couldn't have been much. 
<laughs> but all right. No, they, I, I'm really excited about the Heat. They've been uh, a pleasant surprise. They're getting to the line a lot. They're fourth in the league, making 20 uh, free throws a game. And they're pretty good. They're sixth in the league in opponents' fast break points. But they're not outscoring their opponents in fast break because they're 25th in the league in what they get. So it's like they're giving up 12 and getting 11. Um, they're kind of a wash. Yeah, exactly. It's a wash. They're 12th in the league in the, their opponents' second chance points at 13 a game, but they're getting 12 a game themselves. Yeah. They're, the they're, their effective field goal percentage has just been really good. They're third in the league at 55%. Yeah. So they're 13th in the league at 51% for their opponents, what they're getting. Um, so it's really, they're just driving. Uh, well, they're 10th in points scored and 25th in attempts. That's that crazy. Sense. Yeah. So there's <laughs> two and a high percentage. They're efficient. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the reasons I want to move to points per attempt. I'm having trouble finding and being able to build my database with true shooting percentage. Uh, which would factor in free throws, essentially, to effective field goal percentage. Yeah. Uh, so for teams like this that are third in the league in effective field goal percentage and fourth in the league in free throws made, I'm going to go out on a limb and say their true shooting is probably pretty stinking good uh, <laughs> as the free throws always pull you up there. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like true shooting percentage because they, they got one of these smart math people to create it. And so they're like, oh, we should only count free throws as 0.44 attempts because when you factor in uh, and ones and three point shots and uh, technical fouls and all this, then it all kind of equates out to the right number of attempts because those are extra shots. Yeah. I I just think that's stupid. So we're going to count free throws as less attempts because I don't know. So that the math adds up to some thing that nobody's ever looking at or cares about. I would rather <laughs> just do my attempts to be higher because I drew an and one. Yeah, I got an extra half of an attempt for my team because I got an and one. That's legit. I got fouled on a three-point shot. So now it counts as like an attempt and a half instead of one attempt. Uh, right. Okay. Like, why, should you get, why should you get punished for that? Yeah, so it's, it's just a different way to look at it. I mean, ultimately, yeah. the numbers come out the same, but uh, I prefer a simpler – and what I'm building is essentially where we're just going to be able to look at points per attempt. Uh, and then we can just look at the one number and not have to worry about all the, all the noise, all the noise. Right. But Right. All right. We got anything else on the heat? No, we got to give a shout-out to the local Wisconsin Tyler Hero. Real nice, real yeah. nice player. He's he's a, uh, you know, he came out early out of Kentucky. I didn't I didn't think he was ready, but he's he's contributed quite a bit. He can stroke it. He's got some game. He's got a little a little swagger. You know, I like his game a lot, actually. You know, there was a lot of buzz around him coming into the year, and I was just like, uh, okay, right. But he, he didn't nice. put up. He didn't put up like unbelievable numbers at Kentucky. I mean, he was good. Don't get me wrong. But you know, but yeah, he's he's nice. He's 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 got he's got a lot of uh, a lot of tools. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. All right, so we got the Phoenix Suns. 
Phoenix. My, uh, my Phoenix Suns, my fourth round pick at 11 and 14. Hey, I, I just got to say, though, if coming into the year, you're like, hey, we're going to be 25 games into the year, and DeAndre Ayton's played one game. How many wins do the Suns have? I don't think many people have them at 11 and 14. I think a lot of people are saying much, much lower. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to have a very good year at all. But, you know, Devin Booker's having a Devin Booker year. He's back in last year up. The big surprise to me has been, like, Kelly Oubre. Been real nice. Yeah. Well, here and here's the cool part, and this is what I was excited about the Suns coming into the year, is Devin Booker got a primary ball handler and a point guard um, so to help run the offense and take some of the pressure off him. So maybe he can get an easy look every once in a while. Maybe he can right. get a bucket off of a, a system type of a bucket and not everything being double teamed, <sighs> off the dribble, contested. So last year, he uh, shot 32.6% from three. This year, he's at 40.6. And I don't think he became this way better shooter. I just think he's, the quality of looks that he's getting are way better. And I right. think a lot of that's because of Ricky Rubio as well as the system that they're playing. No, I, I completely agree with that. You know, it just takes, it takes the pressure off when you don't have to constantly worry about getting your team into your offense, you know. And that's kind of something he's he's a he's a scoring first guy, and that's his role, you know. And and when you're asking a guy like that to be a point guard, I think you kind of hinder his hinder that. You kind of take a little bit of that, take a little bit of that mentality away, you know. And you got a guy like Rubio, who's a a legitimate pass first point guard, you know, like a guy like Rajon Rondo, you know, and and uh, it's a it's a game changer. Oh, so huge. And here's here's the part I love is he's still getting assists. He didn't just go, okay, well, whatever. I, we got Rubio now, so I don't right. have to pass anymore. He's still getting, what was it, like six and a half a game? Yeah. Yeah. I was so, looking at it. so his scoring average went down by like a point and a half. But he's taking like three and a half less shots a game, and he's still getting a – this is and he's still getting this stuff but it was like i was watching their game the other day and booker was out and they're they're playing the spurs real 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 good game to watch just a lot of good basketball a lot of cuts a lot of you know be just doing the right stuff and i'm seeing frank kamitsky getting open looks because he's cutting to the basket because people are worried about his three-point shooting and they're hitting him, and he's laying the ball in and i'm like sitting here going whoa (laughs) it's about time but I think uh, Monty Williams has to get a lot of credit for getting the team to play good team basketball. And, like, just watching him. Like, Rubio, like, throughout the game, he ended up losing the game for him, losing the inbounds. Uh, they're inbounding the ball to him, and it just went off his fingertips and right out of bounds right at the end of the game. And that pretty much was the nail in the coffin for him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they had some work to do still, but I mean, that was the nail. Uh, they were done. Uh, but just having Rubio out there, like he's like managing the game for. Him. He's like, no, 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 this has to happen. No, you move there. Let's, you mean, and getting everybody in the right spots. And you need a couple of guys that can do that. Mm-hmm. I prefer that not be. You have a primary guy that can do that. That's not your number one go-to scorer. And I do. There's very. 
very What's few that? guys that can be that guy and be your primary scorer. It's hard. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure to put on one person. The defense can scheme for it differently. I mean, really, the only guy that does it, I think, and does does them both well is LeBron. Yeah. You know, it just because even Harden, like he he can do it, but the problem is he doesn't. Real, how do I say this? Uh, he gets the assists, but he gets the assists just because his one-on-one play is so good, somebody ends up being open. He doesn't necessarily right. get the team playing a certain way. He's a volume shooter. That's how he gets his, That's how he gets a lot of his points, and it's, it's hard for your team to get in a rhythm when it's, when it's all isolation. That's why Kyrie Irving makes his teams worse. I know this was like a funny thing last year with Boston, but now with the Nets <laughs> – He's yeah. the time, and they're way better. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to Corey the other day about this, and we were talking about that. And I was like, I, "That's why I don't think as good as James Harden is. I don't think he'll ever be on a team that wins a title, just because those those type of guys don't win. They win in the regular season, but they don't win playoff games. You know, and just I feel like you see James Harden because there's things you can do." and things that defensively that teams do do in the playoffs that can kind of offset the one-on-one play, I think. Yeah, you need a couple of guys. If you're going to play yeah. that way, he needs Durant to come back, and so you can do the your turn, my turn type of deal and a good defense. So if you have two of these elite scorers like this, like Irving and Durant, and they put a good defense around them, I think they can go win a title. And I kind of feel the same way about the Rockets. If they can figure out how to have a good defense, I think they could go win a title if Westbrook stops shooting 14% for three-point land. I mean, he's got to pull it up a little bit. Right. He could really go, like, be a dominant scorer and actually be efficient next to Harden. I think they could go win a title, but Harden can't do it by himself. He's yeah. going to need multiple – thinks he's going to need a really good defense. He's going to need a number two guy that can score at a really high level. And I think that's why they had to get rid of Chris Paul is they knew he just didn't have the juice left to give the raw numbers and the raw production. That I guess they're going to need a number two guy next to Harden. I guess that's the only thing that kind of concerns me about Westbrook is he's never been like an overly efficient guy. No, He's been kind of a volume guy. Uh, kind of a volume guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's like yeah. the definition I, of volume well, poor shooter. <laughs> and that's why and that's why I feel like it's going to be hard for Harden to win with a guy like Westbrook because it's so similar to Chris Paul. Yeah, I you know? I I think they're very different. Because Chris Paul yeah. is more efficient. He's a uh he's a better shooter and he does all like the game management type of stuff. But he does this stuff like, okay, let's slow it down. Like, you see Oklahoma City's fast break stuff has, like, plummeted. Well, they already have Harden to do that. We don't need somebody to slow it down and set up the half court because our half court is we're going to give Harden the ball, and his step-back three-pointer is good enough. And if we get something better than that, great. Like, they don't need somebody to do that. They need somebody to give them rebounding get him into transition, get him easy points, and move the game faster so there's more possession so Hardy can still take a crap ton of shots and somebody else gets to touch the ball too. Yeah. And I will say that that is a huge difference between Westbrook and Paul is, is the tempo they play with, for sure. You know, and, and Russ does create a ton more possessions. 
I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good point. So on the, on the Phoenix Suns, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. Whenever I get sick, Trevor, for the next like three weeks, I have this terrible cough. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the Phoenix Suns, they are winning um, by like system. And what I mean by that is like they're getting a couple more shots than the other team is every game. Well, how are they doing that? Well, they're eighth in turnovers, turning over 14 times a game, and they're getting another team to turn it over 17 times a game. So that right there covers you mean, their whole spread as far as getting more shots up. They don't care about offensive rebounding. They're getting like nine a game. So that's like 27th in the league. And uh, the, But the problem is, if you're going to do that, if you're just going to throw in the towel and be 27th in offensive rebounding, 13th isn't bad in opponent's fast breaks, giving up 13 points a game. But you should be better than 13th of the league if you're going to punt on offensive rebounding. Yeah. You have to be if you're going to do that because that's such a huge part of it. I mean, you're, like you said, losing, losing shots. And then they make 20 free throws a game, which is top five in the league. But they give up. A little over 20, which is like 24th in the league or bottom five in the league. So that's kind of a wash there. Uh, <laughs> they actually have a positive differential. So they're 12th in the league in differential. So th- they've been playing pretty well as far as just their overall whatever. But some of these things, I think Baines's absences that he's missed has hurt him more than Aiton's has hurt him. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he – He's been playing really well. I mean, Baines has been—he was playing really well. I mean, and they're a little different too. Very different. You know, Aiton. I don't know. Baines is a guy that's going to kind of do like you know. I hate to sound sound uh, cliche, but he's like a dirty work kind of guy. Yeah. You know, he's going to do. He's going to get the rebounding. He's going to bang in the post. He's going to play a little D. You know. And he's going to shoot 39% from three-point land this year. <laughs> That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Well, he anchors their defense. If you have yeah, a I mean, defensive he's a center. Really, he's a really good defender. And I think that's their whole their whole success this year is, yeah, they tried to put a lot more shooting on the team in general other than Rubio. Uh, that's great and that's cool. A lot of you being more skill is helpful. But they brought in a center, a defensive center in Baines who can help anchor their defense. And they brought in a point guard in Rubio that can help run their offense. And if you do that with a competent coach, now you can get some wins out of your talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All games are decided. How many games do you watch that are decided either some big comeback at the end, or they the team makes a run, and then the you have to stop the run, or else you know, they're going to take like so many games, a five, seven, eight point difference. You know, come in the late third, fourth quarter could make a huge difference in that overall game. And having those guys that prevent your defense from breaking down and prevent your offense from just breaking down completely, I think it's a huge part in actually getting wins in the NBA. There's a lot of yeah. guys in the NBA. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. That's a great point. All right. And anything else on the Phoenix Suns? I think that's about it. Let me let me peek at this real quick. Since we talked half the time about the Suns about other people. 
I, I should be bragging on him. This was like the team I was yelling from the mountaintops coming into the year. I'm like, everybody thinks they're going to be terrible, and I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it at all. I think yeah. they could make a trade this year, though. I do think they're a team that if the right fit came along, they would definitely go make a trade to be able to get into the playoffs. Yeah, they could. They're 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 close. They're really close. I love me some Frank Kaminsky. Like seeing Another him starting way. at center, I just like makes me a Another little happy. Hat. Another Wisconsin boy. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think they had the right idea. They pretty much brought him in as their backup power forward. And I think that's probably the right role for him. He could shoot, but he's also big. So you, you throw him at power forward, you can put out some because I think in their head they were thinking Kaminsky and Baines was gonna be their backup front line. Yeah. Into the year. And that's a lot yeah. of shooting and a lot of size. Right. Well, then, yeah, then, then Aiton goes down and those guys kind of step in. And I think that was, that's big for them. That they had. What are the top teams in the league right now? The Bucks, the Heat, the 76ers, the Lakers, the Clippers. And then you have like the Nuggets and the Mavericks and the Rockets and some of these other teams. But out of those yeah. top like five teams record wise, the Bucks are big. The 76ers are big. The Lakers are yeah. big. The Heat aren't small. Like they're not they're no. not massive, but they're not small. Dallas. Uh, not. The Clippers aren't small. Zubox Zubox is a big guy. Uh, no. And then yeah. they have a lot of big forwards. So yeah. I'm just not all in on this belief of you got to go small and have all these little guys running around. I mean, maybe to beat the Golden State Warriors to be able to match up with them if you wanted to win a title. And, it's all uh, about matchups. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. It's all about matchups. You know. So why are teams that, still trying to go small if all the best teams are uh, are big now? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think a lot of it was in response to what the Warriors did, honestly, the last couple of years. Which I think is so crazy. Why, if you're trying to build a team, you're probably looking at it, if you're not currently a contender, if you're currently a contender, I get it. you got to, like, make some moves so you match up because you're trying to take advantage of this year, next year type of stuff. But if you're a team that's looking to contend in four or five years from now, six years from now, do they not know how old these guys are going to be in like five years? <laughs> like right. Steph Curry's going to be like 34, 35. Suddenly it's not so hard uh, to stay with him on the perimeter. I mean, it's just. Well, yeah, it seems like Golden State's more like the exception to the rule. You know, it's not like usually teams have more, usually the bigger teams have more success and Golden State's kind of the aberration. Yeah, well, I, I, a lot of it comes down to offensively, what talent do you have on your team? Now, defensively, the shots you try to give up, I'm more of a like, okay, w there's just certain shots that are more valuable than others. But offensively, there's some guys that they just have a muddy mid-range jumper, but if you put them out at three, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just what that's it is. Yeah. And maybe in 10 years, it won't be that way because everybody grew up shooting threes. I don't know. But right, right now, you got to kind of scheme for your, your talent. But yep. uh, I'm pretty terrible at talking about the Suns because I did it again. We tried to talk about them more, and we talked about something completely different. <laughs> so I think that's enough on the Suns. 
Go to the Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls. Chicago Bulls at 10 and 18. Fifth round pick. They have their 18th in the league and their point differential minus two points a game because they're scoring 105 and a half and they're giving up 107 and a half. They're getting more attempts than their opponents. They're getting two and a half more shots a game. And that's because they're number one in enforcing opponents' turnovers at 18 and a half a game. And so they have 15 and a half. So that's the three that they're picking up there. Uh, the three extra shots, but they're only getting two and a half because they're also giving up another half an offensive rebound than they're getting each game. Um, they're right around like 10, 11, right, on the, yeah. those things. They're top yeah. 10 in both second chance points and fast break points. So they're ninth in second chance points at 14 a game. They're seventh in uh, fast break points at 15 a game. Uh, they're pretty terrible. They foul a lot. So they're 29th in the league, giving up 21 made free throws every game. Uh, they're getting 17 made themselves, so which is middle of the pack-ish. Um, they're good at preventing second-chance points from the other team. Now, this is interesting. They're, this might just be luck. I don't know, because I'm not really uh, aware of – how do I say this? They're 22nd in the league in giving up offensive rebounds, but they're 7th in the league in giving up second-chance points. That's crazy. So, I mean, unless they have some magic that I'm not aware of, but I don't know why – what would make them better at giving up less offensive – or second-chance points per offensive rebound, so to speak. Like, yeah, I and they have, like a, like, a dominant shot blocker. That would be the only, the only thing that I could think of. Yeah, you get a lot of big guys that get their board, and then you just can't get it back up and make the pat, like make yeah. the bucket. But so that that might be something where they're actually um, probably will be end up wor- worse in a month yeah. or two as far as the second chance points they're giving up. That's probably just a little bit of shooting luck. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I know there's a lot of numbers guys that look at and like so frustrating when people talk about clutch teams. Oh well, they're they're really good in the clutch. So they've been getting lucky. Uh, so they're outperforming their, I'm like, no, come on. Some people are just good at winning basketball games at the end of the game. I mean, yeah. You gotta give, yeah. You got to give credit to guys that just know how to win. Yeah. Cause young guys suck at that young guys yeah. in the league. They're, they're how many te- times you see like a young talented team. They're like in the game and all through the first three quarters, three and a half quarters. And then the veteran team just, Ice is about at the end of the fourth quarter and wins the game. That's not luck. Like, that's just not luck. Yeah. It happens at every level. You know, it's not luck. If it happens in high school, happens in college, happens in the NBA, you know, just, yeah, there's, you got to know how to win games. There's, there is a skill to knowing how to win. So they have like some stats where they look at, okay, what's your point differential? So what should your expected wins be, right? Based uh-huh. on that. And, uh, uh, Rick Carlisle always uh, does really well in that. Like he gets a lot more wins than his point differential says they should get. Except for uh, last year when they're really not trying to win any games and they're trying to like do a better lottery pick. <laughs> Suddenly he was one of the worst in the league at performing against his point differential and got way less wins than he should have. It's like, oh, funny thing. I don't know. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's not. I don't know. I'm not saying anything other than that's interesting. <laughs> it's very, very interesting. <clears throat> the Bulls, I was uh, 
I couldn't get too excited about them because I was kind of looking at their point guard situation. And I know there's some people that really like Sadoransky, and I don't think he's a bad player, but he's not necessarily uh, a great he's not a, he's not a point guard, you know. Correct. He might play point guard. He can guard point guards, but he's not uh, somebody who, like we're talking about, that's going to run your offense and make sure everybody's in the right spot and everything. And then you got uh, Chris Dunn for sure is not a point guard. I mean, he's a defender. And then you got rookie. You got Kobe White. But without a good point guard, so everything's on Zach Levine's shoulders. So he's turning it over three and a half times a game. He's getting almost as many turnovers as his assists. Yeah, that's so crazy. If you if you don't have a lead guard that's facilitating your offense, and then you're like, like even Jimmy Butler's kind of doing this for the Heat right now, right? Same type of role where he's kind of the default point guard, but he's getting like a bunch of assists a game, and he's turning the ball over less. So, you know, there's a, you, you need to be getting more than three assists a game if you're going to be like the primary ball handler and scorer and everything's running through you. Without that, they're never going to have a good offense. And so if you look at it, they're 27th in the league in their effective field goal percentage, and they're 19th in the league in their free throws made. So you're just not going to have a good offense. Um, and defensively, they're like middle of the road. They're a defensive team. It's just they need a guard. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the NBA understand that. I think that's why so many point guards got straight paid this last off season. Yeah, because like, have a guy. it's like quarterback. You got to yeah. have a guy that's the team. So it's great you can have all these other pieces and fill all these other roles, but if you don't have somebody to make sure everybody's in the right spot, so you can actually have a decent offense. What are we doing here? Right. You know, it, it, yeah, it's like you know, pissing into the wind. <laughs> when i uh when i what was it junior year i was stuck behind you at third base right so i wasn't gonna see a lot of time uh on the diamond i'm like oh this guy hasn't hit under 400 and like 450 a single year of his career <laughs> you think i'm gonna start over him uh, and, and then uh i was behind somebody else at catcher that was whatever but uh so i was like hey i'm gonna focus on basketball this just doesn't make sense right and yeah. that's exactly what he told me. He's like, well, we're not having fun and you're not getting to play. It's like pissing into the wind. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair enough. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I think that's where – you know what? I think now that – I think that's where I got that from was Tom. I was assuming so because uh, he, he's the guy that also used to tell me all the time. I drove a little Geo Metro. You remember my Geo from yeah. high school? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he'd be like, Hoover. I don't think it's safe to drive from the back seat because <laughs> I have the seat so far back <laughs> so that I could use the pedals. It looked like I was sitting in the back seat. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, thanks, coach. I just stopped parking by the field. <laughs> I remember that car. That's awesome. That is outstanding. Uh, but so Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bulls. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really – I'm very confused by the Chicago Bulls on what they were trying to do in building this team. I feel like they made a lot of good moves and bringing guys in that gave them some depth. Um, but Larry, Larry, Larry Markkinen has not had a good season. He, I was expecting a tick up from him, but he's at like 14 points a game. 
And I'll pull it up here, but if my memory serves me, his shooting percentages are, are pretty rough this year. Yeah, 39% yeah. from the field, 33% from three-point line. He is an 82% free throw shooter and was even better before this year. So it kind of gives you hope that he can figure it out. He's still 22, so he's got a lot of time. But as far as winning now, as far as going and getting um, Thaddeus Young and uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Sadoransky, those all feel like win-now type of moves. And it makes me wonder, is this a team that could try and jettison a couple of guys like Thaddeus Young or Sadoransky? Um, yeah. I think Porter Jr. probably makes too much money and he's been hurt. So he's probably not going anywhere. But Yeah. Yeah, I could see them being big-time sellers. Um, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I mean, marketing has been really disappointing. I think, you know, a couple of years ago when they drafted Chris Dunn, I really liked his game. I think he's been kind of disappointing overall like what he does offensively. Um, yeah, just kind of a weird – it's kind of a weird put-together team. Like you said, they have a bunch of, like, really good depth. I mean, even Zach Levine, he's, like he's – he's a good depth point guard. He's not, like, a guy that's that should be the dude. Yeah, put him in a role like Booker's in, he's going to look way better. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just kind of a – it's a team of a bunch of – pretty good players nobody great you know no they're not bad but they're just not you need to have I feel like especially this day and age you need to have like one or you know two really two or three guys if you really want to compete that are you know pushing to be all-stars or all-stars you know what I mean yeah I this is how I think about it you need somebody that's going to anchor your defense you need somebody that's going to run your offense and then you need two guys that can go get their own shot and preferably yeah. those aren't any of the same people those are all yeah. separate people and if you yeah. have that you are probably going to be a really good team right right no and, and that's the yeah they don't yeah they just like you said it's just a weird it's it's hard to explain it's just a weird put together roster i you don't know. think some people understand the importance of having an actual good point guard and not and they also don't understand that young guards do not win in the NBA. That's like Cleveland. I'm like, oh, so your plan is to have these uh, a first year guard and a second year guard that don't like to pass, uh, <laughs> run the team. And Kevin Love loves it. <laughs> He's like, oh, they never give me the ball. This is yeah, fantastic. This is what am I doing here? And we suck. Yeah, and I make so much money, it's hard to trade me, so it's uh, a little difficult to push my way out. I hear he's right. trying to push his way to Portland, uh, which would be interesting. I don't know if they're going to make that happen. I mean, they got Carmelo Anthony now. I mean, what else do you need? Uh, Portland's been, I mean, not to get off the bowls, but Portland's been a real disappointment this year. Oh, man, so bad. So bad. Have you watched Melo much? A little bit. He actually looks way better. I wish he played the way he's playing right now with the Thunder, and they would have been so good. But he's, like, not stopping the ball the same. He's, like, moving the ball. He's cutting. He's Because he's still, like – he rebounds pretty well. Like, he can shoot. Like, he looks like he's he's lost a little weight, too. He's probably on a a plant-based diet, Trev. That's you know, my everybody. yeah, everybody's going on the plant based diet. My my wife had me watch uh, uh, this Netflix deal, right? On 
how how you're a terrible person if you eat meat. I think it's the is name it like of it. rotten or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was that one. It's a different one. Uh, but same basic concept. They were much less uh, overt about it. But in like the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, it's a hit piece. I get it. She looks at me all confused. And the last like 15 minutes of the documentary, she kind of looked back. I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> like It was pretty yeah. bad. So I've been working on uh, going uh, plant-based as well. So I now eat grass-fed steaks. See, and that's that's <laughs> one of the – yeah, exactly. I guess one of, the, one of the benefits about living in the, in the middle of farm country out here in the Midwest is, like, you go to the grocery store and, like, your regular chicken is going to be free-range grass-fed chicken just because everybody buys from the local farms around here. You that, know, you're That's not, actually really cool because that – it yeah. gets stupid expensive. We get, like, all the organic, whatever, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever. And I'm like – I don't even pay attention to our grocery budget anymore. We, I, it's like, I set it and forget it. Right. Like it's just yeah. there and Amy yeah. runs it. Cause it's like painful, man. I'm like, how yeah. much do we spend on what? Oh, and we, and we invested in some chickens. So we got our own eggs. Ooh, you have chickens. Yeah. We got a couple, we got a couple chickens out in the backyard. Man. I'm, I, I can't tell Amy cause she, she wants like a straight up farm. She sends me <laughs> like once a month, she sends me like something with like four or five acres, which I'm in what, for, but I'm like, Oh, okay. Nikki wants like a little farm at, and I, I mean, I like it. I, I'm down for it too. I mean, out here, it's probably a lot easier to find than it would be in the Seattle area. But um, yeah, yeah I got to go like an hour away from where I live and I'm already not in like the middle of everything. So. Right. Right. <laughs> I have to go two houses down, <laughs> but no, it's it, That's, that's one benefit that I've known for, you know, I've noticed being, I mean, even if you go to Walmart and buy meat, it's all locally bought. Yeah. You know, it does make to, a big difference. What's it eating well and eating right and all that. It makes you feel better and it makes you, it tastes different. You know, there's a, there's a ton of benefits to not having all the hormones and, you know, when one chicken breast is like four pounds, it's like, that's not natural. <laughs> like, I have chicken. They don't get that big. <laughs> Honestly, the thing that got me uh, kind of on board with her whole like stuff like this is strawberries. So growing up, we would pick strawberries at my grandparents' house and they don't uh-huh. make jam and they had a bunch of them, right? And oh, yeah. So I've picked a lot of strawberries in my life and then we would go uh, separately. We would just go to like, Remlinger Farms or one of these places and pick just tons of strawberries so that we could, and then we would take those strawberries over and they would make that into jam for us, right? Like, yes. in addition to the stuff we're going to give us, because we ate that jam with like a spoon. It was so good. Right, right. But then I see these strawberries in the store, right? And I'm like, you, there's like this whole carton and it fits four strawberries in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how did they get that big? I, like, I've seen a giant strawberry before and it's like, <laughs> The smallest like, one in this package. Like <laughs> that's what I was like. Okay, well, something's a little bit wonky here. So, and the flavor's not as good. Like they're, they're not as some... they're not as sweet. Yeah, you know the 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 one. Yeah, they're injected with a whole. I mean, I don't want to get too too far into the weeds, but but yeah, I'm right along with you. But we're lucky enough being out in the country where we get a lot of you know during the summertime we do all of our shopping for fruits and vegetables at a local farm. Yeah, that's cool. That's that, that's really cool. I I'm all in on that stuff. Like for, straight from the farm. Just don't yeah. try to take my steaks away from me. If you want right. to make them grass fed, okay. But yeah. don't yeah. take my steaks away from me. Free range, that's fine. 
<laughs> perfect i don't yeah i should say i don't care what they live or eat because i kind of do but uh as long as they're still end up on my plate we're good to go yeah exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> anyways, so we got the chicago bulls uh any anything else on these guys no not that i don't think i think you covered most of what kind of my thoughts on it just kind of the the, the weird composition of the roster they just need a couple of couple of dudes that can kind of go get their own shot. I think that's what they're missing. Yeah, I think uh, Larry Markkinen might be that. He needs a couple few more years, though. Like in two he years, is. when he's 24, 25, I think he could be a really nice player. Wendell Carter, I think, is a really good fit next to him in the front court. Yep. Zach Levine and Kobe White could potentially be a nice backcourt pairing. But yeah, uh, like all the guys. One of them have- needs to learn how to pass. Yeah. Well, and all the guys that have the potential are young. I mean, that's it's going to take them a few years. You know, Marketing's young. Wendell Carter's young. I mean, Zach Levine's been around, but he's still relatively young. You know, uh, I mean, Colby White's a rookie. So, yeah, they got some they got some pieces, but it's a lot of, a lot of young pieces, and and right now, just not not quite clicking together. Yeah, and like Otto Porter's like twenty six. Zach Levine's twenty four. So I think they have the right kind of that type of stuff but i think thaddeus young's for sure getting traded like i don't know why yeah. you would hang on to him you're not going anywhere this year right it's not gonna help you why, yeah why else. do it at least get a couple second round picks out of him or something all right trev well hey uh i i think i think that's pretty much it on the bulls uh yep. i i i mean sorry you're, you're still following college pretty closely right yep oh yeah yeah it's you said you were talking to Corey the other day yeah is he still following college pretty closely? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I still follow. I watch a lot of. I watch a lot of basketball. I'm conning I'm, my I'm, conning my kids into liking it. So, dude, I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying to get James <laughs> to recognize the right sports. Like he's got my, soccer down, but now because he plays soccer, but now everything's a soccer game, right? right so right. I'm watching the Seahawks, and he's like, "Oh, what are you, Dad? The soccer game's on." I'm like, "No." No, <laughs> my football, my oldest football. my oldest one has no interest in in it. But like when I get home, my young one Kennedy, she'll be like, "Dad, you want you want me to turn on your show? You want to turn on basketball?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. I was like, not that I have favorites, but if I did, <laughs> if I did, it would be, be the one that asked to watch my shows. <laughs> right. No, that's they always get mad at me. I turn on one of my games. And like Adeline, like storms in. She's like my seven year old. She storms out of the room, like, oh, yeah, we're watching this. And then Audrey's kind of like just messing again. with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. It runs up to mom. Dad's watching sports again. Like, you're, like she's telling on you, like, you're yeah, in like, trouble. My, my TV, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but that's what I was thinking, too. It's like, you didn't buy this TV, that's for sure. <laughs> right. No, hey, so I, I, I'm so we're going to have, uh, come February, I figure that's when a lot of people really turn their sights and start following basketball more closely after the Super Bowl and all that. Yeah. And then headed right into March Madness. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of feeling, I'm kind of feeling like we need to get like a little, uh, three of us that maybe once or twice a week or whatever makes sense and figure it out, um, lead it into March Madness, do a few episodes, kind of catching everybody up on what's going on, uh, who to watch at the tournament, and then maybe keeping tabs on the tournament, and then we roll right into April, May, June, the best three months of the NBA season. 
yeah, that'd be I'd be down for that for sure. So, so I, I it's been a bit, so I have to reach out to Corey. Uh, and, and I'm sure he'd I'm sure he'd do it. Oh yeah, I, if he gets to talk basketball, I think he's usually pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, well, all right, Trevor, we, we will talk soon. All right, Joshua, you have a good night. All right, you too. Maybe next time I'll remember my uh, my webcam. <laughs> was kind of not looking at you. Well, I was going to say you definitely <laughs> had a better view. I mean, like that, that didn't go down. That's for sure. So, like, uh, why do you think I did a podcast and not a YouTube channel? It's like, that's right. <laughs> let's not make everybody look at my ugly butt. Yeah, let's, yeah. we are. We are. Yeah, we're not supermodels. <laughs> hey, speak <So>. for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good.